We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Friday, the second day of December, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and the fan favorite, Lord Marty Foster. Lord Foster, how are you? It's good to see you. And it's good to see both of you too. I'm fine and dandy like a hard candy Christmas, to quote Dolly Parton. I like that. I like that. It's really good to see you too. Uh, and everybody's probably been wondering where Bruce and I have been all week and where the, the podcast has been. And why have we been putting out reruns? Well, as you can probably hear, um, I'm recovering from a horrible bout of probably some person that was shedding some kind of a virus from being stuck with something. I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm speculating, of course, uh, because there's no scientific proof of that. So, I mean, we, we can't really speculate on that too far. Uh, but uh, I am on the mend. I'm doing better. Uh, and as a matter of fact, Bruce was down sick at exactly the same time I was while being 6,000 miles away from me, uh, which is spectacular in and of itself. Bruce, how are you? Healthy and alive. Uh, I probably don't sound too much like that. But uh, as far as how I feel, yeah, feel fine. It's just nasally. I got sick from you. I, I, I guarantee that's what it was. <laughs> it was a computer <laughs> virus. That's exactly computer what it was. virus. Yeah. Exactly. He sneezed. Yeah. He sneezed, and it came through the screen, through the internet, through the screen at me. That's what happened. Yep. Well, yep. I'm Guilty. I'm glad you called today because um, once I'd realized that neither of you had done anything new in the last couple of days, I'd nearly booked a flight to come and rescue you from whoever had kidnapped you and taken you away for knowing the truth. So, oh, know, I see. I, have, I um, see. No, I'm not one of those people. Uh, I appreciate the sentiment, though. I'm, I'm not one of those people. But if if that were to ever happen, I assure you that you would get a, a text message with my exact geolocation and you would get a call from yeah. 70,000 miles away. It would be probably one of the most long distance phone calls you've ever had. And oh, I've had I, some long distance phone calls, yeah. mate, I can tell you. But, it yeah. would be one of uh, those what's calls. That, what's that Liam New Nielsen line? Uh, I, have, I have a very unique skill set and I will find you. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But mo moving on. <laughs> Moving right along. Where shall we start? Uh, Marty, you've got a uh, you got a notebook. I I've got all kinds of stuff. We haven't been around all week. We're watching the stuff out of China. I've got my own opinions on it. Uh, we can discuss that. We can discuss uh, what's going on um, uh, with the whatever this um, uh, this crap is that uh, Dr. Hillary's back, your favorite. Yeah, we can talk about him. Uh, we can talk about Fauci. Unfortunately, Fauci's leaving. I oh, it's man, it's, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. But he's been making several appearances on mainstream media across the U.S. about what to do about the upcoming holidays. And of course, who's responsible for this entire debacle that we're uh, we're all tied up in? But we can discuss that. Uh, we can discuss um, Twitter. We can discuss um, any of this crap uh, with this uh, uh, whatever the, whatever this Kanye West guy's doing. I, I don't know. I, I I really don't know. I, I don't follow it. There's this whole controversy with this Balenciaga thing. 
Uh, we can talk about that. So, I mean, there's a there's, multitude there's, of, of there's roads so we can go much, down here. As you say, there's, there, there's so much going on. I noticed that uh, GB News had put a really awful picture of Simon Cowell up. Yes, he's had I have so much that. plastic surgery. I have that photo. Yeah, Go and, ahead. And I think um I think that the 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 headline was he looks Simon Cowell looks dreadful or looks ill. And I just typed a comment underneath it saying he looks like he doesn't matter, move on. We who look at the state of that. Um this <laughs> now, isn't what I wanted in, to talk about. In but. fairness, in fairness, all right, in fairness, in I, I do why we're talking about Simon Cal, I don't know. But in fairness, I have to say, the guy has had a rough couple of years. He fell off of his electric bicycle and broke his back. So I will give him the benefit of the doubt that he's been in a lot of rehab. I will give him that. Uh, but as far as uh, whatever else he's got going on, I can't speak to that. But I, I'm blaming his current state on his uh, his rehab because when you break something like that, that's a life changing experience. So I'm I'm going to put it to that. It could be something I'm sorry, else. But how I'm put how it to does that. rehab? Uh, make you fill your face with so much Botox, <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't look surprised if a Martian shook your hand. Uh, I don't know, but th these are the people that are influencing us still, even at his age. You know, there's the, the I mean, there's the old joke. He tries to look cool all the time, but the waistband on his on his trousers just keeps creeping up higher and higher. So, what size chest are your trousers, Simon? But yeah, I don't. I didn't want to talk about him. Sorry, I mentioned it. Before we get into Doctor Shillery and all that other good stuff, there's. I, I don't have my notebook, but there's been this thought going round in my head the last couple of days as to how we can eventually win. And at the moment, I think, and we've discussed it, so we're both thinking the same. Not that that's important. We should be individual, just like everybody else. Should be individual. Yeah, but in fairness, in fairness, we discussed it separately, and we both had different ways of looking at the same topic. But yeah, that's true. The same conclusion. That, that's true. We're in a defensive phase at the moment. We know we're under attack, but the enemy hasn't fully revealed its hand, and our reinforcements aren't anywhere near at the moment. Why is that? And it all links into a meme I saw where you have several chess pawns on a chessboard and the shadow they cast is is like the top of a queen a chess queen and and it just said unity is strength unity is strength however how do we unify how do how how do we get together with other people that are thinking the same way and why can't we organize like that but if you think about the way in which humans have organized for centuries, if not millennia, it's been initially through religion, or first of all, tribalism, then religion, and then it's been through political ideologies, uh, and in later times, trade unions, and those kind of things, all ways of getting a collective bargaining chip, uh, a collective amount of influence. And... I'm that kind of person who's never belonged to a union. Although I was brought up in the church, I don't follow a formal religion. And I am politically homeless because all of the political parties at the moment are bent and corrupt. So 
who do I unify with? How do I organize? How do I get together? It's it's very difficult to have that strength of unity when just about all the ways of unifying I find abhorrent. I couldn't belong to a trade union. I don't want to belong to religion. And I have no desire to slavishly follow uh, a political ideology that is being abused. Discuss. I think that um, when we were discussing this, this is going to be a challenge for me <laughs> for the next couple of days. But um, I think when we were discussing this, I was explaining to you and I was exp I was actually I was relaying what Bruce and I were talking about uh, privately. Uh, it was yesterday. or the day. Uh, Yeah, yesterday. I think yesterday was like the first day we'd had like a long, detailed conversation uh, after being off for a few days because you didn't have a voice and I was down ill. And yeah, it was it was a mess. But my argument is that like everybody wants solutions and and you've got a population respectively in each country that they see that something's not right i mean you've got the ones like ourselves that are eyes up to the situation and we can see what's going on but you also have people that are kind of halfway awake they they understand something's not right and they say okay well look you know we got to fix this and they're still kind of of the opinion that we can somehow or another fix this at a ballot box well, I don't want to say that we're completely beyond that, but uh, look at the last two elections in the United States, okay? Look at the election that they held in France. Look at the election that they just held in Brazil, all right? So, all right, Bruce has got Let to me interject real quick. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I just want to interject and say that I think it is past time. Voting is not the answer anymore because we just had an election and the, Repu the Republican Party, uh, at least here in the United States, is very clear. We don't want to codify gay marriage uh, because you're going to go after the Christian community. You're going to go after any religious organization or any organization that disagrees with uh, LGBT uh, marriages. And you're going to have the government start going after them legally. Um, and though the constituents are against it, something like 60, almost 70 percent, um, they still voted it in. Um, Twelve senators voted for it. They they were unwilling to uh, provide protections for. So my point is, even if you vote in those politicians that you think will work or do what you want, um, they will stab you in the back, just like every other politician has done. There's only a handful, at least here in the United States, that remain consistent. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking at you, Ted Cruz. By the way, you're you're one that also has not stayed consistent. But well, anyway. like the, the yeah. And, and OK, point taken. But the bigger issue that I see is, OK, so we're past the, the political solution. I mean, I, obviously, we've been saying for a long time that there's no there's not a political solution to a spiritual problem. So like we're we're there. Um, but I, I, I would say you go to state. But OK. All right. All right. Even even that even that it's still going to have to be a, a movement of of people to understand what's going on. And, and the point I was trying to make was, is that we don't even have a population of people in our countries, respectively, that can see on a large scale. And when I say see, I'm talking about understanding the scope of what we're actually facing. OK, I, I was I was telling Marty and Prep that we're headed into a time as the human species. OK, I'm, I'm not talking about nations or any throw all that stuff out the window. So. We're headed into a time that I've never even read about, so I don't even know how to fully comprehend this myself half the time. But what I understand is, is that we have to be able to understand at least somewhat of what we're going into. And we're trying every yeah. day. And it's it requires constant, constant upkeep and vigilance and time 
to be able to understand that, just that in and of itself. So if you don't have the ability to see, then you don't have the ability to collect intelligence. If you don't have the ability to collect intelligence, then you certainly can't analyze anything. And if you can't do that, then you can't put anything into context. And if you can't put anything into context, then we're miles and miles and miles away from any kind of a solution to anything. So the analogy that I made, all right, to, to put this into a, into a different aspect, if, if people can't follow what I'm saying, let's look at somebody that drives a car, okay? Somebody that drives a car with both eyes, that can see with both eyes, is going to have a bigger advantage than somebody that can drive a car that has one eye, right? Somebody that drives a car that has one eye doesn't have any depth perception. So you're going to be more at risk of some kind of an accident with that. Can you not hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. It's just okay, that man. briefly, when we oh, talked yeah. about this yeah, okay. earlier on, the thing that um, they also don't have is the peripheral, excuse me, I'm breaking these teeth in for the dog. For the dog. <laughs> the peripheral vision as well. So they're not seeing things that are going on to the side of them and slightly to their rear as well. All they're seeing is a a picture that has no real depth of what's in front of them. Correct. With no real depth. And, you know, we we also, when when we're driving, I mentioned that if I'm on an unfamiliar road, I can't even cope with the radio on. I have to be using all of my senses uh, and uh, have no distractions to take everything in so that I make the right turn, get the right intersection, the right junction, so on. So there is so much white noise going on at the moment with crisis after crisis after crisis and this protest and that protest that what's really happening is being missed. So your analogy is spot on. They're driving a car with one eye shut and they're only they've only got what's just ahead of them. They haven't got what's a bit further down the road. They don't know what's happening to their left and right. And you know, we we didn't just one day decide to to be controversial and talk about things that are going to make us unpopular with friends and family for instance. We have experienced a number of events and we've looked into them and it's made us aware of what's actually happening. And even then, we don't know the full story. We only know as much as we've managed to find out. But the ones driving their cars with one eye shut, they're not even bothering to find out. And that, and that's the problem because of all this white noise. And even the groups, the the, the, the ones that have unified, the trade unions, the religious people, no offence, Bruce, um, and the political parties, they are getting a, a message forced into their ears so that they're not hearing everything else that's happening around them. They're getting the, the party message, the religious message, the fight for your rights, brothers and sisters, withdraw your labour message from, from the unions. Uh, and it's not it's not helpful in understanding what we are facing. I'll stop in a second, I promise. But what you said earlier on about, you know, you've never read this situation before. I think you have to take chunks from history where these circumstances and things like this have happened. Because as we've said before on the show, history is taught to not because you need to rem remember dates and facts and who was king of wherever, whenever. It's because it teaches and hones your analytical skills. So if we take what's happening at the moment 
and and work out perhaps where in history it's happened before, we should be able to to predict an outcome uh, and start to understand what we're really up against. But that's quite a task. It is. It is. And uh, no, I, I, uh, you don't have to apologize for, uh, for interjecting. But yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. People don't, uh, they don't see the peripheral, uh, the per- excuse me, the periphery. They, they don't see that. And therefore, they're, they're not paying it. To- yeah, <laughs> they, uh, they don't see that. And they, they don't add that amount of depth that they need to that uh, particular situation. And therefore, there's no context to anything. So the whole yeah. thing becomes irrelevant. You know, I'm dealing with with people, at least personally, that they're aware of the basics of what's going on. But they're again, that's the one I think there's absolutely no depth. When I try to further that particular line of thinking, and I push down that, um, uh, that rabbit hole, if you will, if I if I yeah. take them down that road, they say, "Oh no, okay, that's just too crazy." You know, they 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 step back from it. It's like leading a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, kind of thing. You know, to use another analogy, I guess you can't force I'm, somebody I'm, to to do this. But but here's could, the thing. Here, here's 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 the point, and this this goes to kind of what Bruce was saying last week. They're going to force you to care. It's going to come to that, in my humble opinion. This whole thing with this uh, this Balenciaga thing. Right. Those of you that are still out there watching these Hollywood movies, pay very close attention, because if you've heard about this, you're not going to watch, at least if you're a person of good conscience, you're not going to watch that garbage anymore. They're going to force you away from that if you're a person of good conscience. Are you going to support those types of people that engage in that kind of behavior? Is that what you're going to do? Because that's what they're trying to normalize. We're seven days in to this situation now. How many banks have canceled that company? That should speak volumes in and of itself. So I, I don't want to drift too far. We can go back and we can discuss that, at least what we know so far with it, what's been out there in the mainstream thus far, at least in the alternative press, not in the mainstream media, because if you look there, you're not going to find a damn thing. Uh, but go, go ahead, Marty. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to um, to, to talk. Oh, no, it's OK, because what, what you're basically saying there is a piece of homespun wisdom that I've had ringing in my ears since I was a child. My childhood best mate's grandmother um her name was vera but she always for some reason my best mate would say i don't care and her response was don't care was made to care and uh that's exactly the situation that we're in sooner or later unfortunately those that don't want to listen to the arguments now will have to listen but the longer it takes them to get all of that white noise out of their ears so that they can start to hear some truth. The longer it takes, the more of a grip the globalists will have on all of our existences. And I, I don't want to alienate myself. Actually, I don't care. As I've explained before, I might not be religious, but I do have a belief system. And Ned will appreciate this as well. My grandfather, at one point belonged to a spiritualist church and i've i've encountered encountered mediums and people who are clairvoyant and you know that kind of thing and most of the time the way it was explained to me was that uh it's fear that stops that kind of communication you know when you say oh i just need to give someone a call and you pick up the phone and oh i was just about to call you other times when you get a piece of information that just or an idea that just comes into your head and it works out really well 
or you decide not to do something uh, for no other reason than you just had a bad feeling. I think a lot of that, my personal belief, a lot of that is uh, receiving messages. And it doesn't even have to be from dead people. Live people can transmit things to each other, in my humble opinion. Um, But it's fear of the unknown, fear of the supernatural, for for want of a better word, that stops most of us from uh, using this skill that we've got. Um, So... I totally get what you're saying when you when when you say that people are just too scared to listen to the truth, accept what you're saying and act upon it because the whole concept is terrifying quite frankly when you think of the power that these globalist billionaire elite have got and how they are squeezing us tighter and tighter. Is it power though? I mean think about it. Is it really power? I don't think that it is. I, I think that their power and their wielding of it is very, very little, to be fair. It's now, the power of suggestion. It's, it's fear. It's the power of suggestion. It's well, it's fear. That's all they've got. Headline today, again, GB News, about the housing market, the UK housing market being, oh, it's at house prices are at their lowest and the market is slowest for two years. What, a whole two years? Well, those two years are also right the way through the pandemic, where people were reluctant to move, found it difficult to go out and view a house or or do any of these things, even get into a bank to see someone to arrange a mortgage. They couldn't do it. So, And it's also December, you know, for most of the world, Christmas is coming. And no one's buying no one a house this time of house. year. Yeah, no one's buying a house or moving this time of year. Exactly. But by the power of suggestion, what they're doing by just putting that out there in the news for people to suck in is actually further slowing the market down, further reducing house prices, which allows these big corporate letting agencies, property developers to buy up more of these properties. Because the people who simply have to move recently divorced, recently widowed, those that are starting to go bankrupt because of the situation need to sell their property and move somewhere else, go into rented a property in the future, you will own nothing and be happy. So what it's doing is creating through the power suggestion through a simple couple of headlines on mainstream media is create the situation where these Machiavellian bastards can buy up more for less. And, and that's the power that they've got. They can influence people by what they're staring at with their one eye closed all day. The TV screen, listening to the radio um, with other white noise going on in one ear and the other ear listening to the propaganda that's coming out of a radio. So, yes, they do have power and it's the power of suggestion. I would also ask, um, what are we defining as power? Because at the same time, you would say... Did the mafia actually have power back in the day? Did, they had the ability any... to influence, didn't they? Yeah, and you you also didn't go against them because what happened? You you ended up wearing cement shoes or something like that. This is forces again. There's a phrase: "Don't fight the white." You know, don't buck the system. Go along with it. Just keep your head down. Yes, sir. No, sir. Do as you're told, and everything will be okay. Unfortunately. That's the way people are. They get used to that. We're at the point now where effectively, again, to use the military parlance, we've been given an unlawful order. 
stay in your homes, don't meet your family, uh, don't go and visit your grandmother in the um, in the care home. In the meantime, the people who gave that orders order were having parties, affairs, travelling up and down the country and doing what the hell they like. So I don't even know where I was going with that. So what? The, it, uh, well, it, well, let me help you out. Let me help you out here with that. Why? Why then? If that's the case, why are people listening? I said from the we, start we, of this we're thing, we're predisposed I, to do so. We're predisposed yeah, to do so. Predisposed. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. But where were the other voices like myself that were saying, "Drop dead. I don't care." If you want COVID to end, I, I said this in the early, early days, as in after the 14 days were over, I said, you want COVID to end? Ignore these people. What in the hell are they going to do? If everybody says, screw you, I'm opening my business. Screw you, I'm not checking for vaccine passports. Screw you, I'm not taking your fines. You come in here with your little clipboard. I'm going to smash it over your head and I'm going to toss you out on the curb with the garbage. That's what the attitude Whoa. should have been from people is that right there. They we're, should we're, have had the backup of their customers, their clear exactly, their friends, their exactly, family. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but you guys you guys are starting to hit my point. My point in what I was saying is the only reason any organization has power, the only reason is because we the people give them power. We allow them to have that power over us. That's my point. Is uh the the mafia, the World Economic Forum, WHO, any of these organizations, the only reason they have power is because we allow them to. That, that's it. The greater populace allows it. So all these edicts that we've seen that's happening, all the stuff that's World Economic Forum, everything that we're seeing happen, the, the, the uh, dystopian future that they're trying to create for us, the entire reason they're able to do this is because the majority of people are allowing it. And also their enforcers are allowing it. The United Kingdom, our police force or our police service, as they must be known, because force is too an aggressive word, we are policed by consent. But you try explaining to four police officers who've come to arrest you because you've broken a lockdown rule or are trading on a stall where they've deemed it to be illegal that you do not consent to be arrested, you will still be arrested, yeah? So the people who are enforcing these rules and preventing good people from standing up for themselves, really nice T-shirt, by the way, Bruce. I do like that. Legalise freedom. Thank you. It says it all. Those people who, who are enforcing it for them should be aware and reminded regularly that you police, you do your job with our consent. And when you're given an illegal order by a local mayor, by a police commissioner who's in the pockets of the the, the politicians, uh, you need to question that. You need to be absolutely certain you're doing the right thing. But of course, here in the UK, the Conservative Party managed to uh, get rid of about 30,000 police officers, all of which were maybe a bit long in the tooth, but they were the kind of people who would question such an order and replace them with 20,000 brand new officers that are all part of the woke brigade and will just do whatever they are being told to do. So they're not awake, they're woke. There's a big difference.
There is a big difference. Where would you like to go next? I also forgot to mention, we can talk about the uh, the FTX thing as well. I've got the uh, uh, the crypto guy. He was uh, he was speaking at a forum for the New York Times yesterday, along with uh, Zelensky and uh, the pre- the uh, Treasury Secretary and former Vice President Mike Pence and uh, many other people uh, of prominence. But anyway, which way would you like to go next? Well, you can fill me in a bit on this. I thought the guy who was heading up FTX was declared outlaw and was going to be arrested, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Is well, as a matter of fact, he guy? was arrested. Yeah, yeah, he, he was arrested, actually. He was arrested. He was getting ready to board a plane to go to Dubai, uh, along with um, two other guys in the uh, the executive branch of that company. And they were told to stay in the Bahamas. And they were, I heard they were going to be extradited to the United States. And that was my understanding is what was going to happen. But uh, apparently, None of that has happened. Uh, Of course, he didn't leave uh, the Bahamas. He's still there. My guess was is that he was going to get extradited to the United States and that was going to be the end of him. That was my guess because, I mean, I think he's just a fall guy uh, in everything. He doesn't look like he can really do much of anything, to be fair. But he he was on uh, a conference yesterday with the, uh, the New York Times. And this is what he had to say about... A lot of people lost a lot of money with uh, with FTX. They lost a whole bunch of money. People lost life savings. As a matter of fact, I was warning somebody about a month ago about what was coming. And I said, look, my people are telling me that some real trouble's coming. And if you got money in the stock market, you might want to think about getting it out of there. And that person, that same person, thanked me just last week and said, I want to thank you. And I said, for what? They said, He saved me about 15 grand for telling me to pull my stuff out. He says, however, a friend of mine lost about 330,000 because of the FTX crash. That's not quite as bad as this other person. This other person lost a couple of million in their life savings. And well, you see, this is what he had to say about that. One of the the letters I got, uh, I want to read to you, Sam, um, because it's from a gentleman who said that he lost his life savings. Um, And the subject line is, Sam Bankman-Fried stole $2 million from me. Says, Andrew, can you please ask SBF why he decided to steal my life savings and the $10 billion more from customers to give to his hedge fund, Alameda? Can you ask him why his hedge fund was leveraging long all of these S-coins? I'm going to keep it polite for the kids. Please ask him if he thinks the thinks what happened was fraud. These are the kinds of letters that I've been getting repeatedly over the past several days. What do you tell this this man? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm deeply sorry about what happened. He's deeply sorry about what happened. He, he lost a lost a couple of million dollars in his life. So he's deeply sorry about that. You see? Well, for the benefit of the listeners who may not have seen that piece of video, the guy was smiling all over his face whilst the the news anchor was reading him the question. Uh, and then when it was time for him to answer, it was like a, a, a transformation uh, of his face into sadness. Uh, and he's fake as you like. You're right. He doesn't look like he could organize much, but he's just possibly the kind of person with the animal cunning to have amassed a load of dirt on someone, which is the way they play. So his extradition to the US may have been stopped because he's still got someone by the um, scrotum. 
No, I don't. I don't think so. I think that um, I think they're holding him in pocket for another purpose. And I'm not quite sure what that is yet. But is he criminally liable for what happened? You know, he's on the hook for 32 billion in assets, reportedly. Is he criminally liable for what happened? Well, let's see. Right now, are you in the Bahamas because you think you can't leave? Uh, No, I'm, I'm in. the. Now, remember, he was caught trying to board a flight to Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. Okay. Now, he says, no, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm stuck here. No. Uh, yeah, apparently you are. So I wouldn't be a bit surprised if there are a couple of gentlemen, shall we say, sitting just off of that camera shot, making sure that he says and does exactly what's expected of him. To continue. The Bahamas, I, mean, I, I have been in, in the Bahamas for the last year and you know, I've been running FTX from the Bahamas, you know, I've been running FTX Digital Market, our, you know, primary operating entity down here, um, you know, with, with you know, Bahamian uh, regulators and, uh, you know, others in, 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 in contact. And, uh, you know, right now, I'm, you know, I'm looking to be helpful anywhere I can with any of the global entities that, uh, you know, that would want my help. Do you think you could come to the United States or go elsewhere? I, 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 to my knowledge, I could. Have you thought about doing that? I, I've, I've thought about it, and um, you know, I mean, I mean, I've seen uh, a lot of the, uh, obviously, a lot of the hearings that that have been happening. I, you know, would not be surprised if you know, sometime I am, you know, up there talking about what happened to our representatives, or um, you know, wherever else is is most appropriate. How concerned are you about criminal liability at this point? So I don't think that I mean obviously I don't I don't personally think that I have uh you know but I, I think the real answer is that's not it sounds weird to say but but it, I think the real answer is that's not what I'm focusing on um it's uh there's going to be a time and a place for me to sort of think about myself and my own future but I don't think this is it like right now. I mean, look, I, I've had a bad month. Um, this has not been any fun for me, but that's not what matters here. Like, what matters here is the millions of customers. What matters here is all the stakeholders in FTX uh, who who got hurt and and trying to do everything I can to help them out. And, you know, as long as that's the case, like, I don't think that... I don't think that, you know, what happens with me is the important part of that. And I don't think that's what it makes sense for me to be focusing on. He doesn't feel criminally liable. Now, again, Um, I I think he's just a front man. But now it it could be the poor video quality that we're seeing. I don't know, but I can tell when somebody is um, making up a story as they go along. And that sounds exactly like what he's doing. It sounds like he's struggling to come up with excuses. And you notice he's he's shaking a lot. Now, I don't know if that's part of his demeanor uh, or whatever it is that he does, because I don't know who the guy is. I don't know any kind of biographical information on the kid. But if I were sitting across the table, the interrogation table from this scumbag, I would notice that, hey, um, this kid's pretty damn nervous. Let's press him just a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah, he's um, actually looking at his hairstyle. I think we might be related. Because I doubt where, that. I doubt where, that. No, no, no. Where, where, when I tried to grow my hair long to be a rock, you know, 
to look like a rock star after I left the armed forces. That's what happened to my hair. It just got bushy like that. My kids called it the dad fro. Um, in fact, you you both seen the picture. You know I'm. You know. Yeah, I'm I right. did see the photo. Yeah, but. I have seen people that are speaking under duress up close, and that's what that guy is doing. He is speaking under under duress. The only time he looks up and looks directly at the camera, which is to the person he's speaking to, um, is is kind of when he's pleading for something, and you can see it with his eyes wide open. Look how honest I'm being. My eyes are wide. There are so many tells that uh, a good psychologist would be able to pick out from from that short piece of footage. So, yeah, I think you may be right. I mean, I haven't looked into this this whole thing as much as Ned has, as much as you guys have. But um, I'm beginning to think you're probably right that he is a fall guy and the bad things are, are, are still... That's where he said, I'm not ready to think about my future at the moment. So he's clearly got to go through something else that he's probably already been told, you will do this. Yes. And the reason I... like that, There's a, there's another reason that I, that I put all that uh, in that context. And that's because we're up to... I think three other at the moment, apart from Freed, we're up to three additional crypto founders of other exchanges that have all been found dead under mysterious circumstances in the last week. But if we look at what's happening, why are they attacking the crypto market? Why is it failing? Central it's bank being, digital currencies. That's why. Yeah. Uh, and that's why they're, they're being forced out of the market. That's why they're being busted, because the pandemic hit small and medium-sized businesses. Lots of debt was created through that. And all that debt has to be paid back. But what's happened is it's been transferred to governments because private individuals and limited companies aren't a guaranteed return because there are all sorts of ways, bankruptcy laws, you know, insolvency cases where that money doesn't get paid back. But when the money gets transferred through payment protection loans you know the furlough system the cost of the drugs you know, the the snake oil that they've forced on everybody it all gets transferred to government and then normal taxpayers start paying it back this particular thing has hit the investors who weren't quite at small and medium business level they were a fairly successful individual level and they've put their money into these sort of things and now that money's disappeared so slowly but surely like a whirlpool going down a, a, a drain, going down a plug hole, all of that world's liquid assets is being sucked back into the same place. And I think that's what's happening. Yeah, and with this kid, it was a setup from the start. If you look at who his girlfriend was, she was the head of a company called Almeda. You heard him mention the company Almeda. and that I did Almeda. hear the word Almeda. Yes. Is that, is that in California? No, no, that is, well, that's a place in California, yes, but this is a hedge fund that was set up. Right. She managed the hedge fund. She was from Harvard University. Her father, pay very close attention, her father is the head of the Security and Exchange Commission. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. you just can't make this shit up, can you? You, you, couldn't, you couldn't write a Hollywood script better than this. So uh, I, I'm in agreement. I think this was all staged. This is all a setup. The, this guy was just a fall guy. This is um, 
I, I think this is another one of those, they cause the problem, uh, and then we'll present you with a solution. They're hoping that because of these cryptocurrency collapses, you're going to see people come to the government and go, we need you to regulate this. And the government would be all too willing to come in and regulate. And not only will they regulate, they'll say, we'll bring our own. In fact, the United States just last week, uh, we have our own digital currency now, by the way. Last week it was approved just right before the Thanksgiving um, holiday. We voted approved, for that, right? So nobody was... We uh, voted for that, yeah. right? We, we approved that. Yeah, we that. did, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And not only that, it was done right before, I think it was about like five o'clock in the evening or something like that, Eastern time. So it was right when everybody's just, they've already checked out. This is right before the holiday uh, began. Uh, so nobody was paying attention. They were all thinking about, you know, Thanksgiving dinner or their plans for that. So nobody caught it. And very few media sources were talking about it. You had the, the, you know, right-leaning media sources talking about it, but nobody in the left wing was talking about this. Well, that's a, a, a typical government tactic, using the media, again, to, to slip things through. I mean, I can't remember who it was who said on 9-11, a, a good day to slip some bad news in that no one's going to notice. It's ridiculous that these kind of very important decisions and policies are put out when no one's going to notice because of all the other noise, which is takes us back to what we were talking about earlier. The fact that there's, there's so much white noise going on that you cannot hear truth. I want to play this clip here. I know this is kind of, uh, you know, just kind of, we're, we're kind of dancing all over the place, but um, to, to get into this woke stuff that you were talking about earlier, because this all goes, because like that, that Bankman Freed kid, he was a poster child for wokeness in all of its forms and everything else, everything they were promoting him as and all the rest of it, right? Marty, do you want to explain to the listeners, and I was unaware of this individual, at least, you know, to, to who he was until earlier this morning. Could, could you please explain to the listeners, for those that don't know who Marissi is? Morrissey is Morrissey, a singer-songwriter, right. singer um, successful band called The Smiths in the 80s. I'm pretty sure it was 80s. From Manchester and is most known for dancing on the stage with a bunch of daffodils shoved down his arse crack, basically. He's, he's, he's quite outspoken. He's very left-wing. He's got some great lyrics in his song, such as the song Sweetness. Sweetness, I was only joking when I said you should be clubbed to death in your bed. And other songs like that. Uh, I've, I've not really been a great Smiths fan, but I think I'm about to improve, or my, my opinion of him is about to improve. This is what he had to say about cancel culture. Because we've been living in cancel culture for quite some time now. We're in the age of, uh, of being canceled. If you don't have an acceptable opinion of whatever the agenda is. This was his take on being canceled. Trying to cancel, I don't like, mm. I'm offended. As if you being offended means, means that, anything. The, mm. the, that you're intelligent, it just means you're an idiot. <laughs> um, but this Mary White, we're in a Mary White House culture now mm -hmm. where everybody must say, stop, I don't like that. Get us off the planet. And people like that, I think, are, are, are dreadful people. Yeah. Just walk the other way. Mm -hmm. Don't look, switch Absolutely. off, listen to something else, bake a cake. Is he right? Yeah, he is right. And uh, I've got to say, he's looking a damn sight better than Simon Cowell for his age. 
they are about the same age. Maybe Morris is a little bit older, uh, but he's grown old gracefully. No Botox there. No. Uh, and he's always been outspoken. He is, he is left thinking in his politics. But then again, when you're a pop star in the 80s, you had to hate Thatcher. It was obligatory because the, the people you were trying to sell your music to hated Thatcher. So you had to, to go that way. You're stovepiped into an ideology. And he to himself, for his own extravagant, um, extrovert ways when he was on stage, uh, like I say, with a bunch of flowers stuffed down his... Anyway, he was almost cancelled back then, before they really could cancel someone, you know, but before all our all of our profiles could could be got rid of in in one keystroke. He suffered a bit of that himself. And he's always been kind of on the peripheral, but at the same time, the Smiths had and still have a very big following. So they failed to cancel Morrissey despite his uh, overtly extravagant behaviour when he was singing. And I'm I'm just glad to see that um, he's matured into someone I could have a pint with. This next term is something that they constantly beat you over the head with day after day after day after day here in the West is diversity, right? Oh, you're not being diverse enough. You're not accepting enough. Well, what that really is, as we've been saying for a good number of years now, that just means you're not conforming to whatever they're shoving down your throat. Diversity, in the sense of what the West used to be, not anymore, at least not largely, diversity was our strength. That was the point. But it's been turned into this this woke, insane madhouse to the point where it's it it's literally now to where, as I said last week, the inmates are running the asylum. This is insane. We've gone well past diversity. This is no longer diverse. This is now insanity that they've let us down well, into. The the journey of diversity, this is the way I see it, okay? If you've got a problem to solve within a team, the more diverse that team is, the better chance of coming up with a good solution because you've got people thinking from all kinds of different angles to address a problem. But all of these diversity moves within business, within companies, should have been driven along those lines and it should have been driven by a meritocracy, not by uh, tax breaks. Because if you don't have X amount of disabled people, X amount of people who identify as this, so on and so forth, employed by your company, you effectively get fined for not having applied equality and diversity or diversity and inclusion within your company. So that's the route it's taken. First of all, for tax breaks, so companies are going to go, yeah, we're, we're going to employ someone. No, I'm sorry, the guy who interviewed last was the best guy for the job, but we're going to get this person in because that way we meet our diversity and inclusion quota. That's the way it, it, it kind of went. Now it's being no, it's used... not kind of. That's the way it went. 15, 20 yeah, years ago it went now, that way. Yeah. Now it's being used against us all. It's it's definitely being used against us all so that we... Well, so that they can normalize some of these more extreme diverse concepts like furries and other other things. And Pedophilia. you know what a furry is? Yeah, I just... <laughs> I, I, like, that was the... I, I wasn't expecting that. It's like I, I was... <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I was expecting well, like Bruce it, a pedophile, not the furry thing. No, no. Well, I, I just wanted to just pick on the furries, but believe it or not, in the last few weeks, I've actually been delivering business integrity training. It's not my normal job, but I've had to deliver this training to a wide section of of the company I work for. We get given a set of scenarios. And we have to work through these scenarios using people to role play over the internet. It's it's not done in an office anymore. It's all over the internet via Teams. Um, you know, good old Microsoft or is it Cisco? I don't know. But anyway, they um they have to role play the characters. Then we discuss the scenario that they've just acted out. And my job as the training deliverer is to make sure everyone gets involved and everyone comments. Although we weren't briefed to. There's a kind of underlying rule. If someone's um, not being uh, egalitarian and inclusive, then they have to be encouraged otherwise. So, yeah, the, now it's mandated training for most businesses have to have to do diversity and inclusion as well as in business integrity. What was what was that uh, that we were talking about earlier? You will be forced. Uh, oh, to care. Yes. You're you're gonna be be oh, yeah. To you'll care. be made to care. You're going to be made, be to, made care. to care. That's right. No, I, I agree with you on the replacement of uh, it. It's literally what that is. You you hit on it. Um, it's the replacement of meritocracy. That's what they've done. They've replaced meritocracy as in the most qualified person or individual for that particular role has now been replaced by this diversity. Now they talk all about, oh, we must have diversity, 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 which is pe diversity is people that you don't know. And mm -hmm. it just means it's just another word for conformity. It's yeah. the new way of saying conformity, diversity. You don't see anything diverse anywhere. No. It's all conformity. It's having the opposite effect, in fact, isn't it? It is, because when people talk about diversity, they don't think about the great things that we don't have in common. And those things are ignored. And they always made countries very interesting because you could travel to Germany, you could see the most incredible culture. You go to Italy, you see the most incredible culture. Now they just want everything to be the same, the same, the same. Yeah. So diversity means conformity. It doesn't mean let's, it doesn't mean avant-garde or let's mm -hmm. make really interesting, strange art. It means box everybody. Yeah. Diversity, I think, is... It's a dying, dreadful it? word. Mm. Pin it to anything and that situation is finished. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible word. Terrible. Yeah, he, he's absolutely right, isn't he? Because there's a song by uh, the beautiful South, Rotterdam, I think the title of the, the, the song is, and it says, when blonde and beautiful are multiple, they become so dull and dutiful. And it's the same if we're all crammed together in diversity and no one's allowed a, a real identity or an opinion or 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 a difference the diversity in this context morrissey is absolutely right means quite the opposite of being different it it means you you will not express an opinion that could possibly upset anybody so the, the, this is what he the inclusion part of diversity and inclusion is certainly that if I said to someone, I'm, I'm really, I've had it said to me, I've had uh, one of my bosses say, you are the worst man for this job. I said, well, tough, I've got it. What are you going to do about it? You're leaving. And he did. So, 
This is yeah, coming from I a guy who so- said in his interview, I want the least amount of responsibility as possible. I've had responsibility in the past. I was asked where I saw myself in five years' time, that really boring, mundane question. And I said, sat here doing exactly what I'm doing now, but hoping to retire in a couple of years. Because nowadays they're getting people to do more and more for less and less. And you and, might get promoted. And if you, if you don't do more and more for less and less, then they will fire you or make you redundant, send you a buyout package, and they'll get somebody in from, you know, the third world somewhere and pay them a third under a visitor visa or, or, or you know, a temporary well, exactly. work visa and bring them in. And there's your As, diversity. Yeah. Today's immigrants are tomorrow's CEOs. Uh, according to the World Economic Forum, you forgot to say that with a uh, with a very thick Swiss German accent. Sorry, yes. <laughs> Today's immigrants are tomorrow's CEOs. If you said to someone, "You're not right for this job. This isn't working out," and tried to fire them, just watch how fast they play that diversity card or that inclusion card or that race card. It doesn't matter whether you you said it in that way or have been you know, as careful as you like, not to make that implication that it's anything to do with a disability or, or anything like that. People will play that card because it it's it's they've been empowered by it. Um and I am actually in two minds about it. I don't want to come across as someone who is just ableist, but again, that's a new word, isn't it? Ableist. It's like racist, it's like homophobic, it's like all of these words. All it means is that you want whoever's doing something within your organisation to be the best person for that job, not there because they are fulfilling a quota. Final few minutes here. Uh, You got any final words? No, I think I've enjoyed the conversation, although I've done far too much talking again. What I want people to take away from today or for, you know, from this podcast is try and help your friends get some of that white noise out of their ears. You know, just just help someone to start to listen and see what's really happening. Uh, and that's all that's all we can ask. No, I agree with you. I, uh, I, I think that's that's paramount, uh, as I said, because if if we don't have the ability to see, then we don't have the ability to put things into context. And if we don't have the ability to put things into context, then we have no idea to come up with solutions on how to deal with what we're facing. So it's essential that that take place. Bruce, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, government's bad. OK, uh, I, I I would go back to what we were talking about earlier. Focus on uh, local politique, you know, your, your, your local area, you can affect change there. As Marty was saying, uh, you know, couple the two together, wake your friends up. And as you wake up, uh, group together to change your communities, to change your cities and so forth. But I mean, we, we have to start and create little, uh, I hate the word, but safe spaces for, um, freedom. Essentially. Well, if if they if, if everybody else who's working against freedom have got safe spaces, why shouldn't we have them? And yep. to further to that, for your communities, use cash, shop locally, stop buying online, and stop feeding the global monster. Yeah, that's a good. Those are all good starts. Um, so just continue to stand. Uh, you know, as the as the old saying is, um, if you don't stand for anything, you're going to fall for 
for you don't stand, uh, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. There we go. Yeah, I get it right. It. You yeah. got it. All right. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump out of here. Uh, again, I do apologize for uh, uh, for the lack of uh, content this week. But as you can clearly hear, uh, I just wasn't quite with it. And neither was Bruce. We will be back tomorrow on the exclusive with Ned. And that will be out on Monday for all of our regular listeners. Marty, we'll see you next week. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. And get that notebook ready. Missed that this week. Will do. Next week, I'm I'm paying a visit uh, on the day before we record to Hampton Court, one of the palaces of Henry VIII, to get steeped in a bit of Tudor history and festive light show, getting me in the mood for Christmas. I'm also, sorry, sorry I know you're about to wind up. Well, I'm okay. going to be paint, painting scenery um, at a local school for their nativity play, for which I've already written a song, which is being rehearsed uh, already. So, um, yeah, keep keeping busy and uh, looking forward to Christmas. Well, that's fantastic. And we hope to see you next week with your Santa hat. For those of you who would like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. Do you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. It's been an absolute pleasure. Gentlemen, thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Oh, ho, ho. Oh.